0: You're listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Visit our website and learn more about Harvest Partners at Harvest.org.
1: Doing marriage right requires constant communication. Communication is the lifeblood of the marriage. Talking with each other.
0: Listening to each other. So we need to learn how to communicate. Saying I do during the wedding is not the only affirmation a wife ever needs. Pastor Greg Laurie reminds husbands to tell wives how they feel. Verbalize it. Guys,
1: listen. You don't need to just hug your wife. You need to tell your wife you love her.
0: created by God. It's a perfect union of two imperfect human beings. So it's no surprise that matrimony isn't always rainbows and butterflies. There are issues that arise that can frustrate the harmony in the home. But as we'll learn today on A New Beginning, there are biblical principles that can restore the peace and tranquility that makes home feel like home. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie presents a message called How to Do Marriage Right, insight we can put into practice today.
1: in a series. Am I doing this right? And we're talking about marriage and specifically I'm going to zero in on husbands. The Bible gives us all the information we need to know about how to have a strong marriage. And a lot of us aren't even aware of what it says. So there's so many passages I could turn to. But I'm going to start with Ephesians chapter 5 verses 31 to 33. For this reason... A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, Paul writes, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Here's point number one if you're taking notes. God created marriage. The Bible begins with a wedding in the book of Genesis and it ends with a wedding when the bride and the bridegroom are joined together. Point number two. To have a marriage at works requires you to do two essential things. What are they? You are to leave and you are to cleave. That's found right there. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife or cleave to his wife. In verse five. Now you're still a son to your parents or a daughter to your parents or a sister or a brother. But now a new family has formed. And this new family, this new union between a man and a woman must take precedence over all other family relationships. The closest relationship outside of marriage is specified here. A son to his parents. So now this is the new family unit. And the primary responsibility now is to be a good husband or a wife and in time, to be a good father or a mother. The husband's primary commitment must be to his wife and hers to him. And periodically I must take stock of my marriage and ask myself the question, is there any relationship that is infringing on my relationship with my spouse? Or is there anything I'm engaged in that is taking away from my marriage? Is this making my marriage weaker or is it making it stronger? Point number three. Men hold the key to a happy and working marriage. Men hold the key to a happy and working marriage. Ephesians 5 verse 25. Read it with me. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with a washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, and that she should be holy and without blemish. So, here's a conclusion. So, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies, and he who loves his wife loves himself. So important. You know it's interesting to note that Paul has three times more to say to husbands than to wives. So gentlemen, start your engines. (laughs) Game on. See in many marriage relationships, the husband is passive at best and sometimes even resistant. In so many marriages, the wives are the ones taking the initiative spiritually. But according to scripture, husbands should be taking point. Husbands should be leading. Husbands should be loving their wives as Christ loves the church. they think, thinking, Greg, give me a break. Who can do that? Answer, no one without the help and power of the Holy Spirit, which I'll talk about in just a moment. But here's a simple test to determine whether you love your wife or not. Do you love her enough to not just live for her, but to die for her, listen, and die to you? If you wanna love your wife, you've gotta die for what you want out of the marriage and live to what you can give to the marriage. A successful marriage is not finding the right person, it's being the right person. Okay, it's it's on you this is addressed to husbands and wives, by the way. Oh, he needs to do that. Well, she needs to change this. That may all be true. Start with you. You see, this is the idea. You put the needs of your mate above your own. You make it more about them than you make it about you. But here's the cool thing. What does Paul tell us to do? Love your wife as Christ loves the church. Okay, we're the church, right? We're the bride of Christ. Why do we love Jesus right now? The answer is found in the Bible, First John. We love Him because what? That's it. We love Him because He first loved us. Jesus took the initiative. Jesus showed His love in a tangible way to us and because of that love, it won us over and we came out of our rebellious ways. In the same way, guys, you love your wife as Christ loves the church. She's going to respond. Treat her like a thoroughbred and she won't become a nag. (laughs) That'll offend someone. I don't know. A woman is not a horse. My answer is, of course, of course. (laughs) Unless it is a talking horse. These are old references to old TV shows, kids. So don't be alarmed. I think Greg's losing his mind. He's talking about horses? Calling women nags? No, I was saying Treat her like a thoroughbred and she won't be coming. Never mind. I believe men hold the key to a happy and blessed marriage. That brings me to point number four. Doing marriage right requires constant communication. Doing marriage right requires constant communication. There are two times when a man does not understand a woman. Before marriage and after marriage. So let's just get that out of the way. But without question, communication is the lifeblood of the marriage. Talking with each other. Listening to each other. A survey was done among divorced couples. They were asked why did their marriage fail? 86% said deficient communication. So we need to learn how to communicate. I heard about a couple that was having marital problems so they went to see their pastor. And they sat down in his office and he asked them a lot of questions. And after about 30 minutes, he says, I think I've discovered the problem. He asked the wife to stand up. Pastor came from behind his desk, walked over to the woman and gave her a hug. He looked at the man and he said, this is what your wife needs at least once a day. Husband said, great, what time do you want me to bring her back tomorrow? (laughs) I think he missed a point, right? Guys, Listen. You don't need to just hug your wife. You need to tell your wife you love her. Right? When's the last time you told your wife you love her? You're gonna do it right now. Husbands, look at your wife. Look at them. Repeat these words after me. Repeat these words. Greg is a handsome man. When do you say Now Say that. Say that. Say that. Don't say that. Say, uh, I hate it when preachers do stuff like this, don't you? No, seriously. Okay, just look at her. Tell her you love her. Good. Give her a kiss. you have permission. That's right.
0: Very good. Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment.
1: Hey, everybody. What are you doing this weekend? I'd like to hang out with you at Harvest at Home. What is Harvest at Home? It is a time of worship and Bible study exclusively designed for people that are viewing in from all over the place, so you can be a part of our extended congregation at Harvest at Home. Join us this weekend, Saturday and Sunday for Harvest at Home
0: at Harvest.org. Well, we're learning about the importance of communication in marriage. Pastor Greg is helping us learn how to do marriage right. Let's continue.
1: Women communicate in a much more fluid way than men. Sometimes we say, women are more emotional than men. We also say, women don't know how to park, and men do. Okay, the first point is wrong. The second, that's true still. No, I'm kidding. No, but women are not more emotional than men. They express their emotions differently than men. Men feel everything women feel. But we don't express it in the same way. In fact, well, I'll be honest, we're mystified by the way girls talk. We'll watch girls talk like three girls, four girls having a conversation simultaneously. That's not the way guys talk. The guy talks, hey, how's it going? Hey, pretty good. Hey, what are you doing? Well, I don't know. That's a guy talking, Right. Girls are talking and talking and all these things are happening and then they say they're in a restaurant. Let's all go to the bathroom together and off they go. <laughs> a guy would never do that, ever. In fact if we see each other in the bathroom it's awkward. <laughs> oh hey. Uh. But we have the emotions. I think it's easier in some ways. Not always but in some ways. For women to say they love each other than men say to each other I love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. The guy's like, <clears throat> love you, bro. <laughs> and we give him a punch, poof, you know, just, don't want you to get the wrong idea, that's all. <laughs> but oddsman's listen. See, it's not that bad, guys, is it? This message. But listen, you gotta tell her. Because I know that a guy, I know that I, to use an example, well look at my wife. And I'll say, she looks so beautiful today. Man, I love the way she looks in that outfit. Man, that was a fantastic meal. Boy, that was really encouraging what she said. I'll think it and not say it. She can't read my mind. So you need to say those things to her. Verbalize it. I love what it says over in Proverbs 31. Her children rise up and call her blessed. So kids, remember to honor your mom too. Tell your mother how much you appreciate her. Call her blessed, but then it goes on to say, and her husband also praises her. Husbands, praise your wife, respect your wife, compliment your wife in front of the kids. Do it in front of other people. Let me tell you about my wife. She's so amazing. Never, listen, never criticize your spouse in front of others. Well they need criticism. That may be true. Learn the art of kicking them under the table (laughs) instead. But don't say, my husband is so lazy or my wife is so that. Or no, don't ever do that. You save that for a private conversation later. But you know sometimes as time passes we look at our spouse and say, wow, this isn't what I signed up for. Do you wives ever feel like you dated Dr. Jekyll and married Mr. Hyde? Is there any husband here that feel like you went to bed with Sleeping Beauty and woke up with a Wicked Witch of the West? (laughs) One comedian said, my wife and I were happy for 20 years. Then we met. So this is the problem. (laughs) So, you know, time changes. We say, well, I don't really like this man I've married or this woman I've married. But you need to hang in there. And I'll tell you why. Because the best is yet to come. You might say, well, how, how do you know? I know. Listen to this. A study was done on couples who were having conflict but decided to stay together. Two-thirds of the unhappily married spouses who stayed married reported their marriages were happy five years later. Most striking long-term studies demonstrated that two thirds of those unhappy marriages will become happy within five years if the people stay married and don't get divorced. So hang in there. Weather the storm. Oh, it's so hard, okay. This is where you need help. And that brings me to my last point. Number six, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to be a good spouse. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to be a good spouse. So coming back to Ephesians five. Before Paul says husbands love your wife as Christ loves the church, before he says wives respect your husbands and submit unto your husbands as unto the Lord, he says this, Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music in your heart to the Lord. Give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. Underline that verse. Submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. What does that mean, to submit means to get underneath. No, it's not just about a wife submitting to a husband. It's about a husband submitting to a wife. Let me put it another way. It means that you're supporting her. You're helping her. You're supporting him. You're helping him. It means to rank beneath, to rank under. So that's servant leadership from the husband. This isn't about superiority or inferiority. It's about sacrifice. It's about putting your mate first putting God first before them, of course, and then putting your mate first. So if you're a spirit-filled person, you will think of others above yourself. Now, we don't like the word submit. We don't like uh, the idea of ranking under someone, but that's because we're selfish when we should be selfless. If I'm spirit-filled, I'll put someone else above myself. Most marriages fail because people don't do what the Bible says and they make it all about themselves. So let me wrap this up. I'll talk about this more next time. Then I'm gonna talk to the wives a little bit. So husbands, make sure you come back with your wife. (laughs) Wives, make sure you show up, all right? (laughs) It'll all be good. We gotta just get this sorted out in priorities in our life. Because I think sometimes people think marriage is going to make them happy. And then you get married. You go, wow, okay. Well, I'm not so happy. We need kids. Let's have kids. You have kids. And you would say, wow, you need to get rid of these kids. They need to move out there. <laughs> They're like in their 40s and they still live in the basement. What's going on? They're on Twitter all the time. Yeah. Then you get rid of the kids. They move out. Oh, well, you know, maybe we need to divorce and get remarried. Then you get remarried. Oh wow. I thought this was going to be better. It's actually worse than my first marriage. And on and on it goes. Or that single person. Oh if I just was married I know I would be happy. No listen. Everybody. Single people. Married people. Every person. It's Jesus we are really looking for. This is the one we want. This is the one we need. Just one little thought for the singles. You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, he that is married cares for the things of his wife and he that is single cares for the things of the Lord. And so if you don't understand what Paul is saying, you might say, wow, it's better to be single than married. No, it's not better. It's just whatever God's called you to do, that's what he's called you to do. Some people are called to a life of singleness. Jesus was not married The Apostle Paul was not married. And it may be that God's called you to a single life. And when you're single, you're mobile, you're flexible, you can do things that a married person frankly cannot do. So when Paul says, he that is married cares for the things of his wife or her husband and how they may please him, that's not a criticism. That's an observation of responsibility that comes with marriage. When you're married, you can't just run off and do whatever you want and live like a single dude. When you're married, you need to bring your wife into the conversation and get her opinion. You can't just go buy whatever or do whatever. Now it's a partnership, it's a union. The two have become one. You have to think about your wife. You need to think about your kids. This is the responsibility given to you by God. But when you're single, you don't have those responsibilities weighing on you. So you have an ability to maybe do things that the married person could not do. The simple takeaway truth is this. Just wherever God has called you to be in life, live in that space. Don't be the single person. If only I was married. or the married person, if only I was single. No, you do what God has called you to do. And put God first. And you need the power of His Spirit to pull all of this off.
0: Great insight today on A New Beginning. Pastor Greg Laurie has brought us a message called How to Do Marriage Right. And as he mentioned, there's more marriage insight coming next time. And he has one more comment from the message today before we go, so stay tuned. Over to you, Pastor Greg. I'm speaking with Randy Alcorn, and
1: he has written a book called Heaven for Kids that we're offering to our listeners for their gift of any size. You know, there's some misconceptions about heaven. I've heard it said, in fact, it was said to me after our son Christopher went to be with the Lord 14 years ago, well, God must have needed another angel in heaven. Hmm. Uh, We don't really become angels when we get to heaven. Maybe you could address that. Are we different than angels? Do people become
2: angels? How does that all work? Right. That is a huge misconception. And there's one verse when taken out of context that I think uh, people have used to support that idea, and that's uh, when Jesus said that in the resurrection, we will not be married or given in marriage, uh, but we will be like the angels. Okay, that's just one specific sense in which we'll be like the yeah. angels and in terms of not being married. But he's not saying we'll be angels. Uh, there's many aspects in which we are like angels and that we're intelligent beings and communicative and all of that. Uh, but they're not made in the image of God. We're not angels. Right. Never in the Bible do you have uh, people uh, with wings and hails around their head and, you know, all of that people are different. We are God's image bearers. Uh, we will be that for all eternity. So you don't become an angel when you die. If somebody says, well, oh yeah, my loved one died and now they're my guardian angel. That's that's just not yeah. biblical. Uh, it's wonderful what we will be. We will be redeemed human beings forever, and we will get to know angels and probably some who were our guardian angels. Uh, I, I think uh, Nancy told me uh, just within a few months of Of dying, uh, my wife Nancy, uh, that uh, she said, you know what? I can't wait to meet uh, my guardian angel or any angels that were assigned to me that will have such great stories to tell me of what what (laughs) happened behind the scenes and what nearly happened that they rescued me from. That's right. Well, those are just some of the insights you'll find
1: in this book that we're offering you this month for your gift of any size to harvest ministries and our radio broadcast a new beginning it's called heaven for kids written by that guy you were just listening to his name is randy alcorn you're gonna love this book
0: yeah you will and what a great resource to help your kids or your grandkids understand what's waiting for them in eternity especially if they're asking those questions especially if a friend or loved one has recently passed away what an important tool to help you give them perspective And we'll be happy to send this important resource to thank you for your investment and keeping these insights coming your way each day here on A New Beginning. So contact us today for your copy of Heaven for Kids. We won't be mentioning Randy's book much longer, so get in touch right away. You can call us at 1-800-821-3300. We are here around the clock to take your call, 1-800-821-3300. Or write A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or go online to harvest.org. Well, next time, as Pastor Greg mentioned, he'll direct his biblical counsel to wives. More from the series, Am I Doing This Right? But before we go, Pastor Greg closes this way. You know, when we talk about being
1: spirit-filled, I think sometimes we overly mystify it. Oh, the Holy Spirit. We have to say it like that. It's Holy Spirit. No, let's just get it out in the light of day. The Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, wants to fill you. Good thing to do before you even get out of bed in the morning. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Empower me with the Spirit. Lord, I can't be the husband you've called me to be without this power. Lord, The wife would say, I can't be the wife you've called me to be without this power. The parents would say, Lord, we can't be the parents you want us to be without this power. We just can't do it. That's okay. Let him fill you with that power. Let's pray right now. Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Why don't you pray that out loud? Pray, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Go, pray it. Fill us, Lord. Help us to be the husbands. Help us to be the wives. Help us to be the parents you've called us to be. Lord, we know how important marriage is. We know the devil hates it. We know it's under attack. I pray for the group of people I'm speaking to right now. And I pray that these marriages would be strengthened. I pray that divorce will not break any bond Here, we pray for our homes and we pray you will strengthen our homes and bless our homes and keep us close to you. Bless our marriages, bless our families, bless our singles, bless every person here, every person watching and listening. Help us to be close to you. We commit ourselves to you now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.